Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Let's talk about anxiety today. Anxiety is one of those things that is so prevalent in our culture. I mean, probably not one day goes by where we don't hear about someone struggling with anxiety or how anxiety is affecting our own lives. And um, and I don't just want to talk about it like out there. How does it affect other people? But how does it affect us as well? How does anxiety kind of manifest? And I have to be honest, like I'm a little hesitant even to lean into this conversation because I feel like, you know, we are both pastors, we're ministers, and we work in a church and we work in, you know, on behalf of God, you know, we represent God, um, spiritual advisors, we come into that place. But I feel like in the church, um, there's this, there's this predominant messaging around anxiety, um, and it can come in around other things too, but that, you know, if someone has anxiety or is anxious, that automatically they're being disobedient to God. You know, I think of the scripture in Philippians 4 that says, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, you know, we often quote that scripture. That's a very popular scripture that we quote, be anxious for nothing. And I know even when I'm feeling anxiety, like I do quote that scripture to myself. I say, okay, God, like, be anxious for nothing. Your word says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything give thanks. So in this moment, God, I thank you for, I'm going to thank you for, you know, that I took a breath today. I'm going to thank you for, you know, that my kids are healthy. I'm going to thank you for that. I have a job to go to. I, I'm so thankful. But in the church, I find sometimes that people approach anxiety, especially for those who have chronic anxiety like that, where it's debilitating them. It's, it's holding them back you know, that they're being disobedient. God's word says, be anxious for nothing. You're being disobedient if you, you know, if you're anxious. And like, I just believe that there is something that God has such a larger perspective on this, that in fact, if you're struggling with debilitating anxiety, where anxiety, you know, is preventing you from doing the things in your life that you want to do, I believe God wants to pull you in so close to his heart. I believe that he wants to bring healing to you. I believe that he wants to bring security to you. I believe that he wants to pour out his peace in your life. I don't believe that he stands over you with his arms folded and says, you're being disobedient to me. So you don't have my blessing or, you know, I, I, I feel, and I get it. I get it. I know God says, you know, God has ways. He says, do these things, follow these ways. Yes. And then we'll find life in peace. But I feel like how some Christians, humans approach that with people is very unloving and very judgmental. And actually, sometimes they take on this, like, I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to represent how God sees you and your sin in this moment. And I'm going to tell you that rather than embracing people, pulling them close and showing them 
the love of God. You know, I think of Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. In him, I have no want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Like that's the God, I think, that pulls us in in the space when we're like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm full of anxiety. I don't think I can do it. And I agree because, you know, we are made of spirit, soul, mind, and body. And as Christians, definitely the spirit is where we dominate, we focus on, because we want our spirit to be the most important part of our, our focus in our lives, that our spirits are growing and that we are, you know, having more of God in our lives. But we are also made of, of soul, mind, and body. And, you know, there are there, we have a broken body. And sometimes anxiety is not just a spiritual element. And I think that's a hard thing sometimes. Even with we talk, this almost leads me into like that whole healing conversation. We talk about you don't have enough faith or you don't have enough faith to believe or you don't have, you know, you're not trusting God enough. Well, sometimes God is going to use, oftentimes God is using surgeons. He's using medication. We've got to thank God for the gifting around us, for the gifting of healing that God has given to our doctors and to our nurses. And so I feel like the same with anxiety. Sometimes we have to take a step back. We've never walked their shoes. We don't know the journey, but God does. And to ask God, number one, to ask them for wisdom, that they would have the wisdom in their lives to have the right favor, the right doctor. So we do everything naturally we can. We just don't focus on the spiritual aspect. We allow everything naturally to happen. And then we trust God in the spirit to bring those two together. But in the church world, it can be very dangerous because if we just focus on the spiritual side, there is a whole other side that's happening in the physical realm. But in the world, there's no spiritual aspect. It's just focused on the physical realm. But I really believe that God wants to bring the two together. And, uh, you know, I think that is where healing takes place. So I hear that because I feel on the other aspect, when Jay was going through cancer, it may not have been anxiety. It was a, it was a physical ailment, which anxiety becomes when it's debilitating for people it is a physical element that they cannot move through they are literally debilitated by it how many times we we did hear people say well if you had more faith you got to believe more faith but god chose the route of a beautiful surgeon and it saved jay's life and he is on the side of healing yes there are scars on his body but this body we're passing through this is not his forever home but god used a surgeon and so i believe those that are listening that maybe would be covered in shame or feeling, I don't have enough faith, or I am just, maybe I'm not a strong enough Christian, or if I was a better Christian, maybe this wouldn't be happening to me. May you know that God has surrounded you with natural resources. May you have the wisdom and the favor to pursue everything possible that you can in the natural, and then pursue everything in the spirit and allow God to bring those two together. I think that's so good. I think that's so good. Um, okay, Rhonda. Uh, talk to me about how anxiety manifests itself in your life. Is this, is this a struggle for you? Is there, is there, how, what is anxiety when you think of anxiety and your own life personalize it for us today? Yeah. You know, I think I, growing up, I, that would not have been something I necessarily would have identified with, um, even in my twenties, in my thirties. But I now looking back, I see how anxiety has affected me. When I went through a trauma of like Jay going through cancer, I had a lot of anxiety that hit me in that trauma um, of just walking through a crisis. You, all of a sudden, you're the unknown and Jay was faced with this crazy, crazy diagnosis and that we, our lives are turned upside down. I went into a crazy doing mode. It's like I shut off emotionally 
And what I did is I filled my time with doing. Like I was purging the house. I was busy, busy, busy. I, I, I actually could not handle the emotion inside of me. So in my life, when I look back, those seasons where I have been, I have busied myself, that's how I've handled anxiety. Instead of going to kind of the root of the emotion or actually going to that fear, because that was based out of fear. My anxiety was based on the fear of Jay dying. What was my life going to look like? I busied myself with doing and just being busy. But if I would have just sat down and dealt with the fear, it would have been way less destructive. And I probably would have, you know, journeyed through that in a much healthier way. But I suppressed my emotion and I suppressed the anxiety that was in me. So in my life, when I look back at seasons where I think, wow, I, I busied myself in that season, that was anxiety that I did not recognize. So how about for you, Laura? Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that anxiety is, uh, well, no, actually I'm not even going to qualify it by saying that I was going to say it's not a struggle for me. Um, but you know, the reality is I think anxiety, uh, impacts most people in one way or another. So for me, um, I, I'm also a very, very busy person. Um, I love to do many, many things and I have a high capacity to do many things. I mean, I had four kids. I, I wanted a busy life. I like having a full, full, full busy life. Um, but what comes with that is overcommitting myself. What comes with that is taking on more than I even have time in a day to complete. And so in those moments, um, I can be filled with anxiety about what I am not going to be able to get to um, in a day. And so it can come on in lots of different ways. I have felt, you know, that pit that comes in your stomach, that burning pit of like stress or anxiety, um, that comes on when, yeah, there's just too many things to do or the tasks get overwhelming. One thing I've become aware of over the last year or so, or a couple years is that, uh, sometimes I can, I can feel anxiety and it's not even as much about my circumstance, like about how many things I have to do as much as, as it is about how I'm thinking about those things. So if the things I have to do feel just too big or they feel, or maybe they're those things that I'm inferior, I have some inferiority around, those things can feel extremely overwhelming. And even though it's not that I can't get one, two, three, four of those things done. They just, they're taking up so much space in my mind and, and producing this anxiety. And then what happens? Paralysis. Like I literally get paralyzed and I can't do any of them. So when anxiety takes over, that's what happens. I, you know, things get bigger in my mind than what they really are. And then I get paralyzed and then I, I feel like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. So, and that only perpetuates the anxiety because the things I need to get done, I'm not getting done because I'm paralyzed to do those things. And so, and you know what, it, it really is, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And I have to remember in those seasons to slow down, I have to remember to take some deep breaths, just to stop and take some deep breaths. I have to, uh, find a place of solitude even if it's just for five minutes, it doesn't have to be for a whole weekend, just five minutes of solitude and let my mind and my brain and my, my heart and my spirit kind of come down. And, um, and often in that space, God can, you know, refocus me, but sometimes it can last for a little while. Sometimes it can last for a few days or a weekend or even a week or a couple of weeks. 
And, uh, you know, you kind of are just going with this, just this, this pit in your stomach of like, oh man, mm -hmm. this is a stressful season. Yeah. I felt that pit for sure. You know, and like when you're in those seasons of being busy, you know, for myself, I, I shut down emotionally and oftentimes the anxiety is I have to deal with an emotion right? <laughs> that I don't want to. And that really is for me, like as much as the doing, like, yes, I could be busy and I actually thrive on that same thing. I enjoy that. But when I actually strip it right back, there are emotions in my heart and life that I'm hiding from and I don't want to deal with. And it grows. And then I end up getting very agitated easily, especially in the home front. I kind of feel bad. It kind of manifests there more. It does at work. It manifests there where I become very sharp or I feel irritated very easily. And I'll blame it on things that are happening. Like, I'm so busy. I've got all these things to do. But I've actually busied myself because there's an emotion I'm not dealing with. And it's creating more and more anxiety, whether it's something, you know, in our marriage, whether I know we have to have a hard conversation or it's something that I'm, I'm caring about a friendship or something has happened. That is really where anxiety starts to go for me as the emotional, because I actually don't naturally emotionally, I don't go emotional easily. Like it's not something I'm not an emotional person. I'm an excitable person, but when it comes to like deep emotion, it takes me a lot to go there and it actually drains me a lot. So I deny it. And the more I deny it, like you said, it grows and it becomes a very anxious place for me. And it manifests usually for being super irritable and just short and just lack of joy. And uh, it's a fear-based, really, it's a, for myself, it's fear-based. I think that's really powerful. And I find, too, that when there's emotions inside of us that we're not dealing with, that we're not acknowledging or dealing with, what happens is um, that feeling or that pain actually begins to manifest itself in other areas of our lives. So we may have, you know, a sense of just maybe maybe we're hurting we're hurt by something that someone said and we don't really want to acknowledge that or we have some bitterness towards them or some resentment towards them well I find that over time if we don't acknowledge and deal with that all of a sudden we'll feel resentment towards someone else someone else kind of randomly and we uh, you know if we really ask ourselves well what do you what's that about you're like I don't really know but it's like it carries over into other things you can't just keep it you know, separated from everything else in who you are, those, those undealt with emotions, they actually begin to infiltrate all areas of our lives. And then, yeah. And then they do become debilitating. They do really begin to hold us back. So I can relate to that. I remember this season going through a very, very hard time in our family and having to acknowledge and deal with some extremely painful emotions, painful emotions around being hurt um, feeling a sense of betrayal, um, and really, really dealing with unforgiveness, like having a really hard time forgiving. I remember in that season, every time I would take time to slow down and just let my, my, the busyness, the distraction of busyness just kind of go away. All of a sudden the pain would flood up and I hated it. I hated it. I didn't want to feel the pain. So again, as a way of coping, very similarly to you. I just kept myself really busy. I didn't want to deal with it because it was, it hurt. It was painful and I hated it. But I realized that at some point you have to go there because it's going to impact 
other parts of your life and it's going to begin to hold you back in other parts of your life. Anxiety is very interesting because I, I believe that when anxiety manifests, there, it's out of something, there's something painful that either is happening or has happened. And sometimes the anxiety itself is not about the actual situation that is making the anxiety manifest, but it is about something else completely that has happened. And so to take the time to reflect on what that could be, can be really, really painful. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's an emotion you have to go into lean into. And as and naturally, we're not wanting to lean into pain. It's against the human nature to want to be discomfort, have any discomfort, pain. And so to lean into that is actually against what we want to do. But it's what God wants us to do. Because I love that you said that, Laura. You cannot contain pain. You can for a season. Yeah. But it will seep out. You cannot live your life containing pain. It will come out and it will rob, steal, and destroy because that's what the enemy wants. He wants to take your pain and to rob you, to steal, and to destroy us. But God wants to take that pain to give us life and to give us freedom because only he can do that. Only he can take ashes and bring beauty. Only he can take darkness and pain and bring light and freedom. Only God can do that. And that is exactly why God wants us to lean into that because he is leaning into that. And when we lean in with God, there is a comfort in knowing you have the shepherd that is gonna guide us through those waters and even lead us through those valleys of the shadow of death will fear no evil because he's with us and so i love that you use that psalm 21 that psalm 23 the whole right psalm 23 the yes. visual of the shepherd you know yes. walking us through the, all those places of needing rest of walking through very difficult valleys but he is always with us we're never alone he'll never leave us or forsake us and so we can lean into those places and those places, those places and those spaces that are so difficult because we have a shepherd that's going to walk. He's walking right with us. I think that's one of my favorite aspects of the gospel message oh. is, um, of course, first our salvation, but the secondary aspect is our redemption, that it's all about our redemption, that God actually wants to take all the painful things that we've been through and he wants to heal them and he wants to redeem them. He actually wants to use them as the most powerful parts of our story, are the weapons, the weapons that we get to fight the enemy with, the weapons we get to actually help others get free. Those most painful places, those places we don't wanna go are the actual places that God wants to use, I think with the most authority and power in our lives as he redeems those things. Again, the enemy uses our pain tries to use our pain to rob us, to hurt us, to, to ultimately destroy us. But God actually wants to redeem our, pain, our most painful moments. And he wants those not only to set us free, but he wants to use them to, for us to help set others free. And I love that aspect of the gospel. That's, that's why we do this. It's so beautiful. It's the beauty of the cross. That's the beauty of the resurrection. Yes, he died to save us. He died for our brokenness, but he rose so we could be resurrected, so we could be free, so we could be redeemed and we could help others. We could help others find that same redemption. I just, ah, that just makes me so, so excited. And I love seeing that manifest in my own life, but also in others' lives.
it's my favorite kind of movies, redemption movies. Like I cry in those moments. Like that is what it's all about. And I feel like I want to play that song, Raise a Hallelujah. <laughs> You're talking like, amen, hallelujah. Yes. But it's so true, redemption. And so may we not live in shame. We do not have to stay in shame. We can go to those places and the greatest places that God has used our lives, like you said, Laura, are those places we've allowed God to go mm -hmm. and to redeem because we know it's God. We know God has done it. And so we can raise a hallelujah and we can give him the glory and we can watch God do something miraculous mm -hmm. with what we thought was impossible. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that God is the redeemer. Now, what would you say though to somebody who is struggling in anxiety? What, 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 what would you say to them? If, you know, if someone came and met with you and they just said like, I, like I, I, I'm having a hard time getting up in the morning. Like I just, I'm so overcome with anxiety. What, what would you say to them? First of all, I would tell them that they're loved. They're loved and that God loves them and that there's a plan a purpose in their lives. They may not see it or feel it or be experiencing this yeah. right now, but yeah. that God loves them. Yeah. And tell, God tell is, them that right now. Tell them, tell that person. Well, God loves you. And if you are struggling today with anxiety and you feel like anxiety is robbing you and stealing you of life, may you know that God has come to give you life and he is right there with you. You are not alone and he loves you and he sees you and that you are worthy of love, and that this does not have to define you. This is not meant to define you. You are defined as a daughter of God. And so my prayer for you is that you would have a fresh revelation of God's love for you, that you would experience the shepherd leading you beside quiet waters today, wrapping you in his arms, that you are secure, you are safe, that nothing can pluck you from the Father's hand. He promises that. And so may the words of God, may his word be the anchoring of your heart. May you feel that tug of the anchor holding you where you feel like you are lost at sea, that there is an anchor holding you and tugging you. And so may you know you're loved, you're safe, and may the word of God wash over you. There's nothing like the word of God. The word of God literally transforms us. And may the word of God just transform you today, even just picking up your Bible, reading through Psalms, picking up a Bible app, just taking that one step, take one step today to fill your heart with more of God and his spirit to know that he loves you. And may wisdom, I just, my greatest prayer is that wisdom as you journey this through in the metal, in your spirit, soul, mind, and body, may wisdom just dominate your decisions and guide you because you've got the author of all that's walking with you. Yeah. And you know, if you are struggling with anxiety, you know, you may need to get help. You may need to seek counseling or therapy. You, you may have something chemically going on in your body. Like Rhonda talked about earlier about seeking medical, you know, you can, you can actually pursue things in the physical that can help to, uh, to manage and to help you, but you also may need prayer. You know, there may be something spiritual over your life that you may need God to set you free from. And so you may need prayer. So I encourage you to, you know, call a friend or go and talk to someone, you know, that you know has authority in prayer and can pray over you and can break a stronghold of anxiety over your life. And I love how Rhonda talked about God's word because there is power in God's word. And so I encourage you to speak God's word out loud every day. Speak something 
that combats that anxiety, whether it's a scripture about peace, whether it's a scripture about your thinking. This is one that I love and I pray this over my kids all the time. I, I pray this over myself all the time. But again, it just continues in Philippians 4. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Sometimes we have to take our thoughts captive. And I love the imagery of captivity that it's not that those thoughts that we can't see them. If you imagine there's a, a prison cell, a jail in your brain, and you take something and you, you put it captive into that prison cell, it's not that you can't see it. It's not that it, you, can, you don't have to acknowledge that it's there, but it's that that thing doesn't have power over you anymore. So sometimes we have to take certain thoughts captive and we take them and we literally say, you're going to go into the jail. You're going to go into captivity and my brain. You're not going to rule me. You're not going to have power over me. I'm going to put you into captivity and I'm going to think on things that are lovely and true and holy and righteous. And what are those things? Those things are found in God's word. Those things are the things that God says about who you are, not the things that you necessarily believe about yourself or the horrible things that other people have spoken over you. They're the things that God says that you are because you were fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. He formed you before you were even formed. He knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. He has a plan for your life. And so you don't have to allow this anxiety to completely rule and define who you are. There is a space that you can rise up and you can say, no, you can say, no, I'm going to put those thoughts, those feelings into captivity. And I'm going to walk out of in faith, something different than I feel in this moment. And again, it may not always be easy, but the most important things in our life usually are not easy. The most important breakthroughs in our life are not the easy things. They come at a price. They're difficult. But we just encourage you to lean into that space that you absolutely have more in you than you could possibly realize. And that you are amazing and worthy of love. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.